The Holy Gospel of St. Matthew, the ninth chapter, verses 35, through the tenth chapter, verse 8. Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You have received without paying. Give without pay. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Gospel lesson of St. Matthew that I just finished reading for you, and serves as the basis of our theme for the second Sunday after Pentecost. Redeem this awful world today. You're all worthless and weak, was said to every new recruit in the military the first day they arrived for basic training. But, as harsh as it sounds, the process of breaking down an individual was not to humiliate them. Rather, the intended purpose was the opposite of that. The intent was to trim the fat, eliminate bad habits, and focus the individual on participation in the success of the team. Over time... You transformed from sloppy civilians to members of a well-oiled military machine, ready to handle any challenge thrown its way. Worthless and weak became effective and strong. And that was because someone who knew made you better than you would have been on your own. Many of you can look back on that, whether it's military training, education, vocational training, or simple mentor relationships as the reasons for becoming who you are today. In our gospel today, Jesus takes the worthless and weak and makes them what they never could have been without him in the first place. Looking at our gospel, there is an odd conundrum that doesn't come across clearly in most English translations today. When our translation says, healing every disease, I prefer the rendering, healing the unhealthy. Unhealthy encapsulates so much more than disease does. It can include 
many things that people do that decrease their physical well-being, but has nothing to do with invasive disease we often have no control over. Like willfully drinking our livers into a pickled state. Spousal abuse and child abuse that makes the home hellish for everyone and gluttony that puts our bodies at risk for early-onset heart disease and diabetes, to name just a few. In our text as well, when our translation says, Every affliction, I prefer every infirmity. The word for infirmity can be traced throughout Scripture and is used in a variety of ways that far exceeds translating it as affliction. Matthew 11.8 and 1 Corinthians 6.9 are a couple of good examples. Jesus uses a form of this word as soft. What did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? In Jesus' day. Men who are aspiring to be popular spiritual leaders don the comfortable clothing of the royal courts rather than the scratchy camel hair coat that John the Baptist wore in the Gospel of Matthew. They found their riches, adoring fans, and ivory towers, but became gods unto themselves rather than lifting up Jesus, whom they chose to only lift up on the cross to crucify. They too could and would be healed. But living to one's own glory at the expense of God is an infirmity that can and will kill the most promising of spiritual guides. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 uses it this way. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality or femininity. Certainly, infirmity means homosexuality as well, but it means even more. Everyone who finds the flexibility to wander from God's ordained family designations also finds themselves spiritually infirm. And Jesus can and will heal them too. But when Christ refers to their infirmity, he is not only talking about their clothing or sexuality, but their flexibility with their faith that leads to denying their Lord Jesus. It's nearly impossible for any language to accurately summarize all the amazing thing God says to us. But each time we pour ourselves into our Savior's world, he opens yet another chapter of the good and gracious acts he desires to do on our behalf. Jesus shows just how good and gracious he is when he sees the crowds. He feels compassion for them in the very heart of his emotional seat. Like when we watch the commercials with the abused animals, or worse yet, starving children in the dry dirt. On the one hand, we all feel that kick to the gut, and we want to do something about it until the image is replaced by another image that helps us forget we saw it at all. Jesus, on the other hand, 
never forgets. And his compassion is without end. Jesus knows their condition like only God can. And he knows how to help them like only God could. He knows their worries, the pressures they feel, the challenges they are faced with, and most of all, the pain they have suffered. Life without loved ones because of unforeseen death. Jesus lost loved ones too and wept openly in grief over them. Poverty, homelessness, and persecution for righteousness. Jesus never owned a thing save the clothes on his back. Foxes had holes and the birds had nests, but the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. And no figure in history was ever crucified for the lack of sin. He also knows their sinful compulsions, whether cast down from drunkenness or addiction to the choice vices of their day. Jesus knew whatever poor choices they made, and he alone could redeem them from the mistakes they made. The attacks they faced that left them as good as dead on the roadside, whether caused by the occupying government, temple guards, or puppet king henchmen, Jesus saw it all and cared about it. He cared so much, he did something about it. By providing an eternal kingdom, the world would never provide and paid for every inch of that real estate with his precious blood. He had so many to care for. And his work in today's lesson was just beginning to take shape. Oh, the shape of things these days. It's easy to see it as dismal, but may I, for just a moment, reveal God's hand at work in the midst of it all? Instead of the pain in your joints as the ever-present reminder of your imminent demise, can we rather see it as God's reminder that the day is fast approaching when we will never feel pain again in place, in perfect peace, with our Savior Jesus? Instead of looking at what we lost with COVID-19, could we list the unbelievably impossible technology gains we have made in a matter of weeks, which were on a five to 10 year plan to begin with? The lessons we've learned, the communities brought together, the new people that joined us, the new world, for Jesus' sake, the Holy Spirit enabled us to create. So much by force of circumstances that would never have occurred because... We wanted them to. And instead of looking at the church universal in decline, seeing it as mission opportunities increasing. After all, Jesus did. With 12 members of his church, whilst being persecuted, harassed, and constantly rejected by synagogue authorities, wherever they went, Jesus saw and inspired those few followers to share his truth with the world. And he did it all by dying for unhealthy, infirm, flexible, knocked down by life and themselves sinners who had no one to shepherd them and feed them, just like us. So Jesus fed them, and Jesus feeds us too. He started with the broken half of Israel, 
by letting his body be broken on the cross with our sins. So he could build us a strong home with the sinner's saints he saved in the church for us to flee our crumbling homes of selfishness. He did it for everyone. Every sickly, unhealable, demon-possessed, and even spiritually dead individual. Because his way could never be our infirm way. His way was the firm, spiritually healthy, absolute way of truth. It was the only way we need to redeem this awful world today. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.